live from Parts Unknown, it's the KNA Sports Picks Podcast. Live from the dog track, it's Richmond with eight straight ties. How many more matches before you hit the panic button? There's two buttons I never like hitting, that's panic and snooze. I don't care what our record is. It's all about believing that everything's going to work out in the end, exactly as it's supposed to. And it isn't the Hey folks, this is GK and TK with our annual NFL Picks Podcast uh, preview. Very excited for the podcast and for the season. Hey TK, um, what's going on in your world? Well, I'm doing well, enjoying the three-day uh, weekend. The only disappointing fact has been the continual disaster that is the U.S. men's uh, soccer team. Um, for those of you who don't know, the U.S. men failed to qualify for the last World Cup in 2018. They're trying it once again in 2022, and their first two games, they drew both of, of, of them. They drew 0-0 on the road to El Salvador. They drew 1-1 to, um, here at home to Canada. Two games they probably should have won. Um, the team just doesn't look that good and many u.s soccer fans are starting to wonder if it's deja vu and it could be another disastrous world cup qualifying campaign well where they fail to uh, qualify it's still uh it's still young but they, they still have time but they don't look very good i don't know what's going on so who who are they who do they play next they play on the road against honduras which Anyone who follows CONCACAF knows road games in Mexico, the Caribbean, Central America, they're tough. They are tough. The fans are rowdy. The field conditions aren't great. The refs can make some uh, questionable calls, but it's a, it's, it's a must win. Um, so, yeah, it's going to come down to can they score goals because they've only scored one goal in their first two games. That's not good. That, that's not good. And I, I don't know what what to what to say about the U.S. men's soccer team. I mean, I I don't know much. I, I really haven't been following them, and it's it's uh, I really don't follow the men's soccer team when it unless they're playing a friendly against Mexico or they're an international competition. Um, this early in qualifying, I don't really follow them, so I really don't have a, a good feel. I'll rely on. Your expertise and friend of the show, Stu's uh, soccer expertise, but um, I don't know. It just it just seems with as large as this nation is, as many young kids are playing uh, soccer, that, that the U.S. should be better. They have the most talent. Um, they're tied with probably uh, Mexico, and some say this generation of U.S. Uh, soccer players has even more uh, talent than them. But, um, yeah, they just struggle to seem to work as a team. The, uh, they haven't really been able to find a strong coach. Um, the federation, which governs U.S. Uh, soccer, there's been allegations of corruption, uh, nepotism. So, yeah, it's a bit of a mess. You can, uh, they're kind of like the Browns. There's just no decision made by the team's uh, management has seemed to gone right in the past 10 years or, or so. Well, hopefully, I mean, a lot. there's a lot of people with confidence in the Browns this year, so hopefully the, the U.S. men's soccer team will play 
like the women's soccer team or, or like the Cleveland Browns this year. Speaking of which, uh, let's get into the NFL uh, picks. So we'll go uh, as, as demanded by our listeners. They want to hear who we think are going to win each, each of the divisions. So um, let's start. Um, I, I like – it's kind of like dessert. Um, I like eating dessert last. So my favorite uh, division to follow is the NFC West. So we'll, we'll start off in the AFC with the AFC East. Last year, Buffalo – won the division handily um so what do you, how do you how do you see the division shaking out this year well i think the patriots will be improved i think the dolphins have some talent but i don't see either of those teams threatening the bills who i'm picking to repeat um i just really i don't see any compelling reason not to pick them they haven't lost any major pieces and i don't think those other two teams have improved enough they have the best uh they have the best uh, quarterback um i of those four teams so to me this is a pretty easy one to start with yeah i'm going with the bills but i i actually think that um the patriots are going to keep it close uh let last year two reasons one is they they greatly improved their offense with uh, signing um, like Nelson Aguilar and, and um, a couple of tight ends. And I think uh, um, uh, Mac Jones has looked good in the preseason. He's very accurate. Um, and we'll talk about Cam Newton when we get to listener questions, but I completely agree with going with, with the rookie. And they have some defensive guys coming back. So I have the Bills winning the division. I actually am projecting the Patriots and their defense – to win the uh, to win a wild, one of the wild card spots, and uh, I agree with you. Miami is is a good team, but I don't trust uh, Tua from what I've seen so far. And I actually think the you know the Jets will you know they they'll have a losing record, but you know they don't have Adam Gase as their coach, and and they their quarterback is also rookie quarterback is also look good. So I think that they'll not be as easy an opponent as they were last year. So I, I agree. Bills will win the division. It'll be a little bit tougher than last year, and the Patriots are the wild card. Great news for Jets fans. <laughs> a little bit better. A little bit. They won't stink as much. So there you go, Jets fans. Um, so a very interesting um, and tough division to pick, the AFC North. Are you, are you going with the Browns or the Ravens? I'm going with the Ravens. Um, though I think this one might come down to the last week of the season, and I'm definitely slotting in whoever finishes second will be a, a wild card team. And I even think the uh, Steelers, well, I don't think they're going to win. I even think they'll be a, um, they'll be in the, the uh, mix. But I think the Ravens, I'm looking for them to have a bounce-back year. Um, the Browns, like I said, I think it's going to be so tough. You could talk me into either of these teams, but I still think the Ravens are a, li- are a little bit more of a mature team, and I think the Browns might still need just one or two more years to kind of fully mold. You know, they took a huge step last year winning their first up, their first up, their first uh, playoff game in like 20 some years but i think they just need one more year or 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 uh two before 
becoming the uh, dominant team. And, and I'm uh, going. I'm going with the Browns. Um, I they impressed me the way that they played in the playoffs. They have a tremendous amount of talent on both the offense and defensive side. Their running game is, is stout. Baker Mayfield, he's got he's he's on the last year of his rookie contract, so he's got a lot to play for. He's looked good in the preseason, I think, and they played well against Kansas City in the playoffs in the divisional round in Kansas City. So I'm I'm taking the Browns to go to the next step. And actually, and winning the divisions with the Ravens as a wild card, I think the Steelers um, are a little bit below both the Browns and the Ravens, and the Bengals' offensive line is very poor. So I worry about Joe Burrow, um, you know, in his uh, pass protection. Um, so I think uh, the Bengals Bengals will struggle. Well, I like it. This is our first division, so. Where, where we split, but I think that shows it's going to be a great race. All right. Now, uh, an, another um, interesting division, tough division to call, is uh, the Colts or the Titans in the AFC South. Yeah, while the North feels like it's stacked with some good teams, the South feels like all of these teams have some serious flaws. Um, I'm going with the Titans. Really, they, they're such a hot and cold team that I am worried they're going to have a very uh, streaky year. And it felt like last year, I think they were E11 and 5. Their, their record was better than they actually were. But I think really, well, I was going to say 9 and 7 or or, um, or a 10 and a 6 is all it, it will take. But I guess now it would be 9, nine and seven, 8 yeah. or 10 and 7 is all that it would that it would take, and I think the Titans are going to win the division. Though I don't see them going very far in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here, and um, I'm I'm going with the um, with the Titans as well. Uh, Seth Walder just re- read an article of his on ESPN is is super high on the Colts, and I think he might have even had him starting out with with nine and one. But ask yourself, who do you trust more, Carson Wentz? Or Ryan Tannehill, I trust Ryan Tannehill. I've I've not been impressed with Carson Wentz. Hey, he's been injury prone, and in, he's been injured again. And I don't think that he has the maturity that Ryan Tannehill has. Now, top to bottom, I think the Colts have one of the best um, uh, rosters in the AFC. But I just do not trust Carson Wentz. And then so that you know, as long as Derrick Henry can hold up. Um, I'm, go- I'm going with the Titans. As far as the, the bottom of the division, I'm not sold on, on Irvin Meyer. And plus, I'm not sold on, on his choices. Offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel, as we as Seahawk fans were not thrilled with Daryl Bevel. And he also, his passing game coordinator is Brian Schottenheimer. So I'm, I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence is spectacular talent, but I'm a little worried the coaching he's going to get. And the Texans are an absolute, absolute mess. Yeah. So I think I think the the Jaguars may be a little bit better than the Texans, um, but um, I think those two teams are, are going to struggle mightily this year. Will either the Jaguars or the Texans win at least one game against the Colts or the uh, Titans this this year? 
Good question. I, I, I would say that the, no, I think that the Texans are going to lose every game in their division. Sorry, Ed, um, this year. But um, they might be a good thing because uh, if they get the number one pick, they might get the quarterback from OU, uh, Rattler. So that might be a good thing. I think the Jaguars will, and Trevor Lawrence will, will pull out a game, one game against the Colts or the Titans just by himself. Some hope for the Jags, but not much. Not much. I, I just Trevor Lawrence is the real deal, but I, I just do not like his coaching. And I hope that the Jaguars don't ruin him the way that the Jets ruined Sam Darnold. Um, so a much easier division to pick, uh, the AFC West. Yes, I think we both, I'm 99% <laughs> sure we both picked the same team in this one. The Kansas City Chiefs, um, no, I'm, the Chargers might be okay, the Raiders might be okay, the Broncos might be a little better, but still not very good. But the Chiefs, I think, by and large, they'll probably have the best uh, record in the, the uh, league by the end of the year. So I think they'll have no problem winning the West. Yeah, I, I agree. The Chiefs, um, the Chiefs by far are the best team in the West. Their only concern is the tackles, their offensive line, but they've, they've improved their interior offensive line. They've got too much talent. I do like the Chargers to get the, another wild card, uh, wild card spot. Um, and I don't have much faith in, in the Raiders or, or, or the Broncos. The Broncos actually have a, a top five defense, but their problem is, is quarterback. So yeah. they, they started out with hope with Drew Luck. He, didn't, he uh, didn't pan out, so they're going with Teddy Bridgewater, who's just um, – he's a nice quarterback, but you're not going to go very far with him as, as your starting quarterback. But maybe uh, Rodgers make his 2022 NFL debut in the Broncos. You never know. Is that a, is that a K&A Sports Picks early pick? That is an early pick, yep. Okay. Well, I'm going to touch when we, when we get to our uh, get to the NFC North. I'm going to I'm going to get to uh, what I think about Mr. Rogers and where he's going to end up in 2022. So that being said, before we get to the NFC, who do you think is going to be the AFC representative? I think I think it's going to be a three-peat in the Chiefs. I was tempted by the Bills, but I still think the Chiefs. Their offensive line, I think, is back to full strength. Um, that was their big weakness last year, as we saw in the uh, Super Bowl. But I think they're back to full strength. They have the most uh, talent. It's a very chalk pick, but I still think for the third time in a row, the Chiefs will be the kings of the AFC. All right. I liked it. I almost went with the Chiefs, but um, I've got a streak of contrarian in me. So, And plus, I, I like Cinderella's story. So... I'm going to go with, with the Cleveland Browns and, and Baker, wow. Baker Mayfield. I think that um, they, they, will, um, they will either be the one or two seed, um, and I think that they will beat the Chiefs this time in the, um, in the AFC Championship. It's so hard to, to repeat to get to the Super Bowl, but to, to three-peat is, is extremely – extremely difficult 
Um, so that is kind of why I'm going with the Browns as far as, you know, the three-peating as far as the AFC champs. I, I think, uh, you know, the the Chiefs, other than, than the week of the Super Bowl, having a couple offensive linemen, they've had pretty good luck with, with injuries and, and games and everything. And I think that, you know, you know, three years in a row having that luck in a 17-game season, I think their luck might run out. Yeah, well, that sure would be a fun story, the, the Browns' first uh, Super Bowl. I'm sure Cleveland would go crazy. All right. The NFC. NFC. Uh, the NFC East. A lot of people think it's wide open. Who do, yes. you, who do you have? This might be shocking, but I'm going with the boys. Um, and here's why. I think that Dak is going to have a bounce back year. I think their receiving core is excellent. I think Zeke is prime for another good year. Their offensive line scares me. Um, they're old. So I want to do a huge caveat that I could see the season going down a path where in week five or six, Dak's just getting pummeled and he gets hurt once again. But I think if Dak can stay healthy, again, this is a division where I think you can be nine and eight and probably win it. So I think the Cowboys, I think they're going to be somewhat of a hot and cold, uh, mediocre team. I think they're going to go nine and eight, but I think in the East that is going to be E enough. I don't know if there's going to be enough Fitz magic left for the Washington foot football team. Um, the Eagles, I don't see it. And the Giants, too. I just don't know if they have the uh, talent. I know people were all excited about their young uh, QB, but I'm not seeing it. So I'm going to go with the boys at 9-8, one in the East. You know, I I thought about going with the with the boys, mainly because of Dak, but I don't know if Dak can be healthy for for seventeen games. And I really like the Washington Football Team's defense and their offensive line and their tight end Logan Thomas. So I think I do have the Cowboys as a wild card team. Um, I think Dak will play enough games. Um, their offense is spectacular. But I just am a. I think Washington football team has the best defense in the National Football League, and um, I think that Fitz Magic will just be decent enough to to get them um, over over the Cowboys. I think it's going to be you know the winning in a tiebreaker or one game. So I'll go with the Washington football team winning the division. And Cowboys is a wild card team, and the, with the Giants and the Eagles um, struggling, I think the Giants actually their roster has gotten better. But uh, like you were saying, I don't trust Daniel Jones. He's been a um, turnover machine, and this is a really make or break season for him. Um, the Eagles, I don't, I don't believe in Jalen Hurst, though I do like them picking up the greatness of Gardner Minshew. I thought that was an excellent. Excellent pick. Um, but the Eagles are definitely rebuilding, so I think they're going to finish in last. All right. The NF- NFC North. And so I'm, I'm, picking, I'm picking the Packers to, to win the NFC North. And I think they're going to have a spectacular 
spectacular year, and I do think this is going to be Aaron Rodgers' last year. And my pick for where he's going to be in 2022 is the host of Jeopardy. Wow. That wow. I think he's I think he's going to retire. Wow. Um, and then the and then the, the rest of the division, I don't I don't like anyone in the rest of the division. The Vikings, I'm not a fan of Kirk Cousins. Um, he comes up very small in important games. Um, the Bears have a good defense. I think I think Justin Fields may may develop into a good quarterback, but it may take him some some time. I think most importantly for the Bears is not whether they win or lose this year. It's the development of Justin Fields. And uh, uh, Andy Dalton is probably just a stopgap measure. And the Lions, I, I don't know what to say about 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 the Lions. I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel for them. Well, I concur with you. I think the Packers are going to win. I know there's been some off-season turmoil, but really, I mean, this is a team that I think should have been in the uh, Super Bowl last year had it not been for some very strange decisions. So, you know, this is a team with a lot of talent. And same, looking at the rest of the division, Part of me had a contrarian streak where I thought, well, maybe the Vikings could make a run or play for the wild card. But I agree. Uh, Cousins just don't have the uh, – I just don't have faith in him. So I think the uh, Packers will easily win the uh, the the, the uh, North. Despite their rocky off uh, season, there's really no one, no one team I can look at that really comes close to competing with the uh, talents they have yep so um yeah book it packers another division that's pretty easy to uh pick who's gonna win is the nfc south yes um i'm sure as you probably are the bucks the saints were great last year but they lost drew Brees. um they lost a lot of other um they lost a lot of other uh, players too. The Falcons, I could see Matt Ryan having a great year and them making a run at a, a wild card. That might be a team that I have etched in for a, a wild card spot. But as far as the division goes, it's Brady. It's still Brady's world, and we're all just living in it. Brady, the magician. Yeah, what can what can you say? Uh, seven Super Bowls. He's got one more ring than than Michael Jordan. He is the goat. Uh, like you said, we're it's Brady's world, and and we're we're just living in it. I actually have the Saints as a wild card team. Um, I think Jameis Winston. He's looked good, and I uh, watched uh, one or two of the preseason game, the Saints preseason game, and he looks good. I think Sean Payton has has him playing well he you know he's got all the arm talent in the world he cuts down the turnovers um the saints have drafted well um they're not on the same level as as the bucks and, and their defense but i i think i can see the the saints uh, getting the wild card and and here's a i agree that the falcons should be uh you know a good team maybe an average team what do you think about the Panthers? This Seth Walder guy that I referred to before, this knucklehead, actually is picking the Panthers to have the worst record in the NFL. Can you believe that? The worst record over the Texans. 
Uh, I think it sounds like he's very down on, on Sam Darnold. I'm not a Panthers believer, but I think they, they're going to win, I don't know, six or seven games. I don't think they're going to be historically bad. I think Darnold is a serviceable QB. Um, you know, I definitely don't think they're going to be anywhere near competing for the um, for a, a playoff spot, but I think that's fairly ridiculous in a league with teams like the Jaguars, the Jets, the Lions, the Lions to think that the Panthers are going to have the worst uh, record. So I don't I mean, buy it. Just Christian McCaffrey alone and their their coach Matt Rule would lead me to believe that they're not going to have the number one draft pick. Yeah. Like I said, I see six or seven wins for them. Average. A little below average. I agree. Now, the NFC West. My favorite division. And and this Seth Walder guy that I keep referring to, and and I will post his article in, in, in the show notes so um, all the listeners can see what what they think he predicted he's an analytic nerd he predicted that the seahawks are going to start owen nine which is beyond ridiculous beyond ridiculous so i i was going to pick the seahawks as the wild card team um and the rams to win the division but he's got me so fired up once again i'm picking the seahawks to repeat as the nfc west uh, champion, and I think the Rams. The Rams are going to be the wild card. The reason, you know, another reason that uh, I'll go with the Seahawks is um, I like Matthew Stafford. I think he's a big improve, improvement over Jared Goff. But I mean, come on, we're talking Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks, one of the top, a top three quarterback in football. He's got a lot of fire in his belly. There is no way, there is no way that the Seahawks would go zero and nine. I mean, come on. I mean it. If the Seahawks don't make the playoffs, I'm retiring the podcast. That's it. If they do not make the playoffs, I guarantee they're making the playoffs. Wow. Well, that is, um, yeah, strong words. I I think you're right. I think 0-9 is ridiculous. I unfortunately do agree with your original assessment that I'm giving the edge to the Rams. Um, I just think they've made enough improvements to where I think they're going to be a very good team. Um, I actually think the whole NFC West, this might be my surprise pick. I could see a world in which all four teams finish with a winning uh, record. I know that might be shocking, but I could see, I definitely think the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Rams will, but I could even see a world where the 49ers have a few good breaks and finish nine and eight. So I think there might be three playoff teams coming from the West. I'm going to book the Rams as the division winner, but then I think the Cardinals and the Seahawks will both be in the playoffs as well. I think the Cardinals, I think they're, they're going to be a tough team this year. Um, I actually think some of the Seahawks' hardest games this year will probably be in the West. So I think it's going to be a fun division. I think these are three really good teams. Um, I think three of them will be in the playoffs when it's all said and done. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, the one one thing I think the Seahawks have going for them, they have the best quarterback in the division. Um, I I don't know what the 49ers have their quarterback between Jimmy G and and, and Trey Lance, the, the rookie, and I don't trust uh, Cardinals' Kyler Murray. 
I mean, he can make some spectacular plays, but he he can also make some some mistakes. Um, so I uh, like the Seahawks, like the Rams. I could see the 49ers if they get some decent quarterback play, but um, not sure about the Cardinals. So your NFC, who do you have for representing the NFC? So this might be a little controversial because I know everyone's picking the Bucks again. I think the Bucks are going to be a good team. But a lot of things had to break right for the Bucks to get to the uh, Super Bowl last year. I mean, the Packers, you could make the argument, played a better game against them. I know Brady's Brady, but I still think Rodgers is more in his prime. I think the uh, Packers, I think it may very well come down to a Packers-Bucks NFC uh, championship or the, the Rams. I've been going back and forth between that. But I think the Packers have the talent, and I think uh, Rodgers is going to make one last run for, uh, for the state of Wisconsin before he leaves the pack behind. This is uh, – I've got the same same thoughts with, with, with the Packers, and that's kind of why I was predicting that Aaron Rodgers is uh, – going to retire after this year and host host Jeopardy. I, I do see him. I, I think that they're going to beat the Seahawks. Uh, the reason uh, I picked the Packers over the Seahawks is because I think the Packers are in a weaker division. I can see them going 6-0 and against the Vikings, Bears, and Lions. So I think they'll, they'll have home field advantage. And I think this time that uh, they'll come, unfortunately, they'll come come through. And so you have the Chiefs and Packers, and I have the Browns and Packers. Who do you have winning between the Chiefs and the Packers? Well, this is why I think Rodgers will come back, because I think the Chiefs will exercise their demons from last year, and Mahomes will edge edge Rodgers, and the Chiefs will win two out of three, and the dynasty talk will will start. And I've got the Packers. That's why I'm picking Rodgers to host Jeopardy. And I think that they will beat the Browns because they have more experience. Uh, the Browns are younger. Um, so in a matchup between the Browns and the Packers, which would be a rematch from the 1965 NFC Championship. Um, so I will, I will say that history will repeat and that the, the, the Packers will, will win um, I think that would be their fifth Super Bowl. And the Chiefs and Packers, that would be a rematch of Super Bowl One. Super Bowl One, yeah. This time the Chiefs will flip the, the uh, script. All right. Good stuff. Go. So, uh, folks, um, don't take it. Don't take it to the bank. Um, we know as much as as the next person about the NFL. Uh, it's it's all for fun, so so please do not uh, gamble based on our picks. So, Tanner, you ready for some listener questions? I'm ready. Okay, so this one for all our all our listeners uh, out there, um, we we posted our our phone number for the KNA Sports Pick podcast. If you wanted to, um, to do some listener questions, and and we had a voicemail from uh, Dakota. Uh, with a question, a follow-up from, from last week's episode. So uh, this is Dakota's question. Hi, GK and TK. Uh, 
Kay, long-time listener here. I have a follow-up question from something I heard on the last podcast you did. It was about what sport you would add to the Olympics. TK mentioned chess. Now, my question for you is, would that be a summer Olympic sport or a winter Olympic sport? I could see it both ways. You know, in the summer, there's that old image of the the men, elderly gentlemen playing chess in the park. But in the winter, I could see maybe the, the arena for the chess match would be kind of a cozy setting with a fireplace. So what's your take? All right. Yeah, thank great you, question. Thank you, Dakota. Good question. My take, yeah, I think like, um, like she said, both would be a lot of fun. I can definitely see the park setting. But I like it as a, a winter sport. I think the Winter Olympics kind of struggles because a lot of the sports are really obscure. Like who knows what competitive snowboarding is or what these kind of random ice-based sports are. But I think if you include chess, that's a sport that everyone kind of knows and loves. I also like the idea of having it kind of like in a ski lodge, you know, a lot of uh, leather chairs, wood uh, panels, a fire roaring. Maybe they can even let them like drink, you know, whiskey. Or have a glass of wine, kind of wearing their sweaters and just having... You know, while everyone else is out skiing, the chest is going on at kind of this lodge. So I like that. I think that would be a lot of fun. You know, they, they have that in running events where you run and then and then you drink a beer. Maybe they could do do that with uh, chess where they're make a move and take a take a shot of whiskey. That would be fun. So I I went I went the other way with it and, and I kinda used basketball as as an example because basketball was created as a winter sport, John Naismith wanted, um, he created basketball to give um, young people um, physical exercise during the winter, some sport that you can play indoors. And I was thinking about the Winter Olympics, and it seemed like that it has to have snow or ice involved. So I like Dakota's suggest, you know, talk about the old men at the park. So my thing is, wherever the Olympics are, have you know the tables with the competitors out out in parks with the pigeons flying around and the hustlers and the hot dog vendors um so that's what i I would i would go with uh with the summer event but it you know it has to be outside in the park and there has to be plenty of pigeons and hot dog vendors and well i think paris where the next summer games are would be a great there are probably some great chess parks where you could find for some old cranky Frenchmen <laughs> to watch some of the games. Oh, don't sing- do that! <laughs> so I like it. I like it. Um, so the next question we have um, um, question from uh, a couple questions from Tony um, from the great state of Texas, Austin, Texas, and he wants to know, should the Cowboys look for uh, Newton as a backup for Dak? That's a great question, Um, and I certainly agree with Tony that we, we both said we think it's a distinct possibility that Dak could get hurt sometime this year. The O line is old. They definitely need a good backup. I just don't, I mean, the Cowboys just seem to already attract 
so much drama and just kind of the circumstances in which Newton was released from the page, from the uh, Pats. I just think wherever he's going to go, there's going to be so much drama. I just don't know if the Cowboys need, need that. So I would be inclined towards no. I also don't know if any team is going to sign him. So I think if something does happen to Dak and they're truly uh, desperate, they could always maybe try to sign him. But I just don't know if they should take on that drama at this point. Yeah, it's not like the Tebow drama for sure. But with Cam, the media loves to follow the Cam Newton story. I mean, he's so athletic. He's such an engaging personality um, that I don't think – I think the Cowboys are one of those teams that, that kind of like the New York Mets, that drama follows them. I don't think they need to add any additional drama. I think if they wanted to get a backup – I would look for uh, Foles, Nick Foles, making a trade with the Bears as, as insurance um, to to back up Dak. Um, so so that's kind of kind of what um, how I would lean. Um, so the next question he had was, uh, should rookie top ten top fifteen picks start week one? If not, why should they wait? Yeah, I thought this was an excellent question, and it's kind of a sign that NFL is slowly changing. Um, you know, I used to think, I think even just maybe five or ten years ago, most rookies would not start week week one. But I think we've just continued to see players now have the ability, and I don't know if this is because that a lot of those major SEC schools, just the strength uh, coaching has just gotten so good, but it seems like a lot of the players from these big schools are able to make the transition to the NFL fairly easily. And I think if you have a player who's ready to play, if you have a player who has the talent, then there's no sense let, um, just having him sit on the bench because of maybe some old uh, uh, antiquated rule. If they're not ready, certainly wait. But I think if a player shows in training camp that they are ready and could make a uh, could make an uh, impact on week one, I don't see any reason why not to play them. I agree, and and um, especially the quarterback quarterbacks, you want to take advantage of quarterbacks when they're on the rookie contract. Um, so like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, uh, Mac Jones, um, Justin Fields, you want them to play as early as, as possible to take advantage of their that four-year window when you don't have to spend all that money on the quarterback where you can spend money on the other positions. And then like you said, the college quarterbacks, the college coaching is, is – um, a much higher level that these players are coming in, they're, they're, they're pro ready. So I don't see any reason to, um, to, to hold them back. All right. Um, thanks, Tony. The good questions. Um, so the next question is we have from the old late great comedian, um, George Burns, who passed away probably 20, 30 years ago. But um, he wants to know, what old person thing do you do? Yeah, great question, uh, Burns. I would say my biggest old person thing is probably crosswords. Um, 
I usually try to do a crossword each day, even if it's a small one. And on Sundays, I'll do a big crossword. Um, I don't know if crosswords are the most millennial pastime. Um, you know, I think they're often associated with old grandpas sitting on the porch doing their crosswords. But I still think crosswords are good fun. Um, they're a fun game. So that is my old person claim to fame. I like it. That's, that, that's a good one. Mine is is knowing the prices of, of grocery items. Like I know within 10 cents, which is the cheapest yogurt and or, or creamer. And so I will go out of my way to, to go to that store to save 10 cents. Um, <laughs> so uh, when I'm fully retired, that might be my, you know, they say you got to retire to something, you know, and your passion. So my passion will be be saving 10 cents on, on different grocery items and ha- like keeping a spreadsheet uh, of where all the, the cheaper items are. So the, the next question we have is um, from Ross from the TV show Friends. And Ross wants to know, what TV show character would it be fun to change places with for a week? Do you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go first on this, and um, I actually have two. Uh, one is Gorn from uh, Law and Order: Criminal Intent, because um, you know I'm not one to pick up all those details, and I, I love the way that he would do an investigation, and he could he could spot um, something right away. Something was amiss. I always admire. Uh, yours and longtime friend of the show, Cindy's ability to spot a detail. Um, you know, like something had been changed in a room and automatically spotting it. It might take me a week to, to realize that, that something something has been changed. Um, the other thing, the other character I would like to change places with is, uh, and this is in your vernacular, might be a little bit controversial, but I'd like to change places with uh, Mr. Ed. And for those of our younger viewers, Mr. Ed was a talking horse. Um, the reason I'd like to change places with him is I know what consciousness is for a homo sapien, but I don't know what a consciousness would be like for a talking horse. So I think I'm assuming that if a horse is talking, that he can do self-talking and, and he would have thoughts and feelings. And so I would like to understand what Mr. Ed is, is feeling. Yeah. Well, I think that would be fascinating to explore um, Ed and just see, yeah, what it is like to truly be a horse that can talk. So I think that'd be a great psychological experiment. I'll say I would do the Dean from the show community. I just think with all the wackiness that happens at that college, um, you know, they have the paintball wars, like murder investigations, you know, there's just so many fun things, you know, I enjoyed college, but there was just not any, it never approached the level of uh, craziness that went down at Greendale. So I think it'd be really fun to spend a day in Greendale, maybe play some paintball games, meet Troy, Meet Jeff, meet Pierce, meet all the gangs. So, yep. So I will go with the Dean from uh, Community. Okay. Um, I like it. Our, our last question comes from Moses. Moses from the Old Testament. 
And Moses wants to know, if there was a book of commandments for the modern world, what would be some of the rules, uh, what would some of the rules be? Yeah, this is a really good question. Thanks, uh, Moses, for sending it in. Um, the two I, areas where I think we really need some modern commandments on, the first is driving, because just driving, you see some baffling decisions made, and I really like some commandments, like maybe like, thou shall not tailgate on stop during stop and go traffic. I think that would be a great one. I also think around emails. I think sometimes people people don't know how to use emails well. Like you'll get these emails with like a 30 long, a 30 uh, email long thread, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Or people reapply uh, all so then you're getting all these notifications from this email chain that doesn't really and pertain. I love it when when people reply all and then people will reply all not to reply all and then people will, will reply all that these people should not reply all and it becomes an endless loop of uh, people telling each other not to reply all exactly and you know I think that people sometimes want an instant response with um, email, but I think we'd all be better off if we maybe checked our email just a few times a day instead of always having to be plugged uh, plugged in. So I would ask Moses to put in a good word with the big man upstairs and see if we can get some amendments to the commandments about driving and emails. I like it, and mine was uh, was was similar. I, I had I thought a commandment about uh, thou shall not revenge tweet. Because, uh, you know, they always talk about the, the Twitter wars, people upset with each other, and, and they're, they're just, um, you know, tweet, which just, uh, I, I don't think, uh, I think uh, that would be a good commandment um, to minimize the, the Twitter wars. Uh, the other thing is, is um, I think, um, kind of like the golden calf and, and those idols, I was like thinking that uh, maybe a commandment, thou shall not covet thy neighbor's BMW. I think, uh, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and the materialism, I think uh, a modern list of commandments would be like, hey, you know, just because your neighbor has a BMW doesn't mean that, that you should covet that BMW. Yeah. Well, that's an excellent point. Well, if we have any uh, listeners in the in the world above, I hope, hope we can, I hope they'll take our suggestions to heart. Absolutely. So it's been it's been a great great podcast. Um, you have any any thoughts in the sports world or the non sports world? Yeah, just you know, good luck to all the NFL fans out there. You know, as of right now, everyone is zero and a zero. You know, so you never know. I know we make all these picks and we're certain, but there's always a surprise team. There's always going to be twists and turns. So it should be a fun uh, season, um, and yeah, hopefully by the next time we record this podcast, the U.S. has actually won a game in World Cup uh, qualifying and is back on track. And the Seahawks are not—they're not zero and nine; they're seven and two. So, yes, those are my hopes and dreams. All right, well, TK, it's been a pleasure, and and to everyone out there. Go Hawks. Hello. I'm Mr. Red.
horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course. That is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Ed. Go right to the source and ask the horse. He'll give you the answer that you endorse. He's always on a steady course. Talk to Mr. Ed. resident animal expert, Starburns. My name's Alex. Starburns joins us with his pet turtle, Shelly. Now, I understand Shelly can eat over five mice a day. That's impressive. Turtles don't eat mice. What do they eat? I don't know. Pellets? That's disappointing. That's not good. Look, what is going on here? I was studying for my econ midterm. You guys walk in, you hand me this turtle, and then you tell me to smile for the folks at home. I, what folks at home? <laughs> oh, oh. These things give you salmonella, you know. Let's go to Garrett with a check on the weather. It's still sunny. 